takes us is out there, which is stuff it's a, a, a big privilege to learn such things. Just to come back down a little bit, smooth, smooth landing. A very, very, very beautiful, simple piece given over by Rabbi Naftali Karlbach. That's Rabbi Shlomo's father. It's from a drasha of his that he gave in Rosh Hashanah, I believe in 1966. So if you can open up, please, to page 60 in the booklet. Preface by saying as follows. Page 60. Page 60. There is a pasuk. There's an important pasuk. Yes, this is probably very much for you, <coughs> more than others, because you're the Baal Tokeh on one of the dates. There's a pasuk that we say, Ashrei, Ashrei Ha'am, Yodei Tshruah, Hashem Be'or Panecha Yehalechu Ashrei Ha'am Yodei Tru'ah Praise worthy the people that know the blast, that know the Tru'ah, the Das of a Tru'ah. I would think that if someone had to ask us, if someone was asking us, what have you guys been really focusing on? It's like, can, can we say this Pasuk? And Rosh Hashanah with a little bit more kavana. Ashrei ha'am yodei trua. Praise the people that know the trua, that know what, what, what this trua is. So, based on what we just learned today, who's blowing shofar on, 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 on the day that Mashiach comes? Hashem, Hashem. Who's blowing shofar on Rosh Hashanah? Well, you'll see, right? But what is it a taste of? It's, by, it's a taste of bayomahu. Every year, the renewal of the year, through the blasting of the shofar, the renewal of the year is a manifestation of hitchatshut habriya through a zichron trua of what the, what, what the, what the sound of, of the shofar gadol is going to be. That's how the world becomes renewed every year. 
So Hashem blows the shofar in Rosh Hashanah. It's almost, I want to say like this, to correct me if I'm wrong, I'm still throwing this out there, I haven't thought this through, but I've been, I've been like working on this in my mind. Who blows the shofar in Matan Torah? We just don't, we, we don't know. What's that? Presumably Hashem. Presumably, but that's a very big presum- presumption. We're not, told. Right? That's we're, not, we're not told at all. There's well, else a, could it have been? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's almost like Hashem is saying to us every year, who could it be? Do you want to be the one? It's Mamish. That, that, that's, I've been working with this thing. That's really what it is. Okay, I, I didn't say who blows the shofar. Adafka Hashem says. I didn't say who blows the shofar Matan Torah. I just said it's a sound. But if we know tshuva precedes time and space, that means we can always go back in time and say, I'm showing you, Yibon Shleilam, that I'm the one that's blowing the shofar of and Torah too. How does that manifest itself? Through the Kabbalah's all Malchus Shemaim that we do on Rosh Hashanah and accepting the Torah in a very interesting way on Rosh Hashanah, saying, it's me, it's me. But it's all in this Pasuk, Ashrei Ha'am Yodei Truah. Praise where these people that know the Truah, that know, basically, how to, not just how to blow the shofar, but what the shofar is doing. And that's what this piece is speaking about today. It's a very simple piece, very short. It's not, we're not going to take too much time on it. Page 60. Happy are people who understand the Torah. <coughs> there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of different drushes on this. A lot of drushes on this. Yod a Torah, Das of Torah. Page 60. Ari, do you have a booklet here? Yes. Okay, okay. All right, I always encourage, not Khalil and Musar, just because I want you to write in your, if you're feeling something and you want to write in something and share because you'll have this Bezer Hashem forever, to please write, these booklets are yours. We prepared them for you. So you write in here whatever, whatever it is you, besides if you want to be calling me dirty names, put in whatever you want to put in, 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 in these booklets, okay? The chauffeur calls out to each person in a language to be understood only by this one person himself. That is what David HaMelech means when he says, Happy are the people who understand the Truah, the sounds of the horn. They walk in God's light. People that understand the sound of the Truah are Anshe Halichas Emas, people that walk in Hashem's light, Anshe Ha'or. Where is that passage? You know that. Ashrei Ha'am Truah, Hashem Be'or Panecha Yehalechun. Hashem Be'or Panecha, through the light of your face they will walk. People that walk in the light of, of Hashem. My friends, one breath from him and every wicked person bent on destruction ceases to be. Just look, I mean, and that's, like that's scary. Like look at, huh? Sounds like Rosh Hashanah speaking also. Yeah, this is his father. But like one breath, look at one breath of... of, of did you see what happened in Mexico, Erev Shabbos? There was an 8.0... Um, 8. Earth, 8.1 8. earthquake. Itamar was there. Itamar was there. <laughs> <laughs> he slept through it. We have to delete that part of it. I'm sure he reading. slept through the trua. <laughs> One breath. Look, look, look at Houston. Look at Florida. Look at everywhere in the world. These things are happening more and more frequently. One breath from him, and the globe will be changed according to his message and to our understanding. Meaning, yeah, yeah, it's very good. One breath from him and darkness and gloom will be changed into delight and redemption. And or chadash al tzion ta'ir, a new light will shine over tzion, 
over Yerushalayim if we listen to the sounds of the shofar and the particular message it has for each of us. So for one second, I want to say like this. There are a lot of truas, blasts going on in the world, but without internalizing its message, the globe is not really changed. There's just a more and more truas. This is, sorry to interrupt. Please, you're not interrupting. Chas v'shalom. You are only this adding. Is in middle, this is after the trua. This is after you've heard it. There's meaning what? Meaning like you're not interpreting while you're listening. Once again, like you're right. It's a response. Right. It's a. It's. This, it's more responsive. This is, right. This is kind right. of like maybe even after Rosh Hashanah. Correct. Or 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 after yeah whatever it is. Maybe maybe it's the avod of a You know, mm. could be. Could be. Now look what he says. It's an odd thing. This ram's horn into which we blow, and odd is the effect. And, and odd is the effect and impression on all those who hearken to its sounds. It possesses a mysterious power and no Jewish heart can evade its influence. I always wondered though, if a non-Jew walks into a shul on Rosh Hashanah, what, what's going on in their mind when they see and hear and look at us respond to such a bizarre scene? And yet, Ari Neshamas, it's almost like, yeah, this is, you know, I drink coffee in the morning, I hear shofar Rosh Hashanah. Not to compare the two, but it's something that's just like so in our system. Maybe you could say it was just because this is how we were brought up, but I would like to believe that it's more than just that. You know, that it's something that the Neshama really, that, that it resonates with the Neshama in a very pashut way, very simple way. But I always wondered, like... Yeah, then they walk in a few weeks later and see us waving around the pond. That's already... Well, forget about when they walk in the Since morning, they free. see us take our blood pressure every morning with our phylacteries on our arm, you know? That's not the weirdest thing we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Don't get me Right. No, no, no. This is, yeah, yeah. No, no, he's right. Walking around with sticks and lemons, really, that, that might take the prize. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what the prize is I told you. I told you guys I was with Shalom Brat of Shalom a few years ago on Yom Kippur, and I told you guys a few minutes before Kol Nidre, he gives me his gartel, or he took his gartel, and he says, go on all four. And he started whipping me, Malchus. No way. Yeah. And then he said, do it to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we, did, we did Malchus. We did Malchus. Yeah. Yeah, that was really there was, crazy. There was a special on television once about... Uh, about Chabad, and there was one scene. They're doing, uh, they're doing um, uh, kaporos. Right. You know, they got a barrel set up to catch yeah. the blood. Every, and they showed some of you know, black kids on the sidewalk watching this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it must have looked to them like voodoo, lahavda. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being at, being on campus in Santa Monica in college and. Every type of you know creature was hanging out on that campus, Mamish by the beach. It was such a, it was such a chill scene there in, in school, and one 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 holy, holy non-Jewish brother was like, he came up to me one day. He's like, Solomon, let me ask you a question. We get the thingy up here, we get those strings on the side, you know. But what the is behind your ears? Like that's what they couldn't right. Every mohawk tattoo, piercing, that, that's all in the Kubal Abrius, right? But us things, you know, we have, we have these weird, we have these very bizarre things that 
It's an odd thing. The ram, this, but now he's saying just on a very Pasha thing. It's an odd thing. This ram's horn into which we blow. And odd is the effect and impression on all those who hearken to its sounds. It possesses a mysterious power. And no Jewish heart can evade its influence. It's like a voice from another world, and its sounds are songs without words. As when a father awakens the conscience of his son. With pent-up emotion, he calls to his erring child, My son, my son. He's saying, that's, it's, 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 let's, let's say now, that's Mamish. Who's blowing Shofar and Rosh Hashanah? If it's a Te'ima of Yemosa Mashiach, so it's Hashem blowing the Shofar. And that's the Shlichus that the Bali Tokia have here. And it's really Hashem calling out and saying, My son, my son. It was part of the piece that uh, Rav Gabriel just talked about. Even, uh, the vapor of our breath is all... Nachon. But even this brief call, without any additional words, is impressive. Because in this exclamation, the father expresses his overflowing feelings of anxiety. So I, thought, I found this to be such a powerful line. Yeah. The very, very peculiar line, what he just said. Did you guys hear that? Like the father is saying, I mean, I, I, I'm there almost every morning, like, you got to get up because you're going to miss the bus. So take that and to the fullest, yeah, <laughs> take that and I bless you to not have to experience what that'll be like in two years, the level of what that, you know, yeah. my son, you're, you're going to miss the real bus. You're missing. He's not has that anxiety that, that he's saying, calling out to his children. He's not even saying he's anything saying else. That, that he's saying erring child, the child that he sees is struggling or which is Which is every single person. Not, not even off the dead. All of us. What's that? That's the question. Why is the Shem anxious? What do you mean? Why are you, why are, why are you anxious for your child? Because I don't know what's going to be. Hashem knows. Hashem knows. Hashem, 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 Hashem saying it's in your hands though. Like we have this young man, you know, leading up to Yom Hadin. I have a hard time. I don't know. Let, let's let, let's but wait. Leading up to Yom Hadin. If Hashem yeah. sees you're not you're not you're not fixing your ways, then he kind of knows what what you know what, what has to happen. He's anxious for us to come back. Right. right. He like, not because of the unknown. Not because of the unknown. It's not that. It's that. It's that God's like, oh yeah, that thing that I created called free will. Right. Whoa. Whoa. Love so he, deals. So he has, he you know. Anxiety about his it's, choice and how he created. You ever, you ever end off the first parsha of the Torah? Mm. The first parsha of the Torah ends off in God's full-on anxiety. Vaisatzev elibo. God looks at what he created, he gets sad in his heart, and then he says, I regret having created man. Look what they did. That's the, way, that, that's the way we look at, and then we have this guy that comes on the scene, then five words save the creation of the world. Parsha over. Done. Next. There's one guy that, that was like answering a call of this anxiety. Again, this is all... It's all a uh, yeah. This is all like just so that we could relate a little bit, yeah. But I think the anxiety here is not. I'm nervous. It's I'm, I'm anxious. Meaning, I, I can't wait for you to come home. It's an anxiety for the person. Not on his not mitzido. Yeah, not 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 for God. Maybe he'll he'll explain this clearer in this next paragraph. When on the death of Avshal of of. I'd rather say that word in English because it's my father's name, Absalom. King David wept and mourned and called, Oh, my son, my son. 
There lay more yearning and sorrow in this short cry than in a flood of words. Now, by the way, this son of his wasn't exactly a star pupil. In Not the, a great Siddiq. No, no, he tried to you know, take his father out. This is not exactly a story of, I miss our, our, you know, I miss our softball games together, Sunday morning softball games. This is a son that Mamish was airing. The shofar is doubtless such a call from our Heavenly Father who flings a few short words into the confused life of the material world. My child, my child, where are you? Have you forgotten your father? 61. Turn from your wrong ways that led to death. Return to me and live. That lead to death. That lead to death, sorry. Turn from your wrong ways that lead to death. Return to me and live. Thank you. The shofar is such a simple instrument. Nobody can recognize what power is hidden within it. Nobody can believe that only the slightest breath can bring forth such penetrating, soul-shattering sounds. It's kind of like the same thing that goes on in my mind. is like, I can't imagine that something so simple could really bring me back. I think that what it's going to bring me back must be something so complicated, so layers and layers of depth, and yet the shofar, like he, like he was saying before, kol pashut, it's just these sounds, these wordless sounds that bring a per- that can bring a person back. You know, one time Reb Shlomo said uh, he brought back, I think he, he said he, came, he was working for the Rebbe, and uh, so it must be like night, early 50s, 51, 52. He found this guy in a subway before Rosh Hashanah. And uh, the guy was on his way, I think, to go and, and, and I think to marry outside of the faith. So he comes to the Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, I have a fish for you. I have a big fish for you. It's old Yiddish. The story was is that the Rebbe took this guy under his talus during Tekiyah's shofar. And the guy came out something like, Mamish. Reb Shlomo brought this guy to the Rebbe. Reb used to have a thing that when he was working for the Rebbe, he'd never, ever, ever leave the subway without a fish. Never leaves the subway without a fish. He never left the subway without hopping a, 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 a yid. The Chabadak on the subway. Oh, back to the subway. Without finding a, a good target to bring to the Rebbe. Yeah. Yeah. See, so he brings him in, and the rabbi put him under the. What you think a Lubavitcher is like happy that he takes his filling out from Yitzchak and he doesn't find a, a yid, so he's like, okay, I, I I didn't find any. It kills him inside. He's got to find someone to you know. Anyway, that, that that's what it was over there. It's these simple sounds that can completely, completely change you. This, in, in Chabad, they said that after the rebbe, the rebbe would put his talis way over his head. There was a certain towel he would use for the shofar. But they said that when the Rebbe first, with that first second of him taking the talus off his head after Tkiyas Shofar, it was a face of, that, that brought everyone to complete tshuva. Just the face, it wasn't even sounds anymore. Just looking at the Rebbe right afterwards would put the fear and awe into every human being. So he's, 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 he's saying over here, but don't even go there. The Shofar is such a simple instrument. No one can recognize what power is hidden within it. Nobody can believe that only the slightest breath can bring forth such penetrating, soul-shattering sounds. And now the point of this teaching was the following paragraph. The same holds true for the Jew. Nobody can realize what fire glows within him, how warm are his feelings for Hashem and his fellow men, for justice and righteousness, for all the good and noble things in the world. In general, it needs but a tender impulse 
and all that slumbers within him bursts forth enormously. The, this is, is this describing here the art of the blowing of the shofar. It's a Chazal say that it's a... What do Chazal call the art of the shofar blowing? Does anyone know? It's a Chochmah, Chazal say. It's a little bit of a Chochmah to know how to get the air going. It's not just blowing, obviously. There's a Chochmah to it. A tender impulse, and it boom, all that slumbers within him bursts forth enormously through something so odd, so weird. Whosoever would blast into the horn accomplishes nothing. How quietly and tactfully the Heavenly Father calls his children to him, a whisper from him, so low that one's neighbor does not hear and everyone understands him and discovers wherein he is mortal and sinful. This is such a classic way of the sermons of the 60s. That's why it's not a language where we're so much used to over here, but you get the point of what he's saying. One sees in his mind's eye all the Shabbatot and Chagim he did not observe. Another sees all the prayers he did not pay attention to. The third person sees all the poor people he dismissed, the important and worthy institutions he did not support. Those who asked him for sympathy, for help, and whom he refused. Another feels how lightly he took the Jewish education of his children, how he had neglected their special Jewish training. This is classic Musr, like Balbatish Musr in a shul over here, right? Thus every Jew listening to the same horn hears the sound meant only for him. This is reminiscent very much of when it says the Moshe, when a Kalish Baruch who spoke on Mount Sinai, even though each person heard what, the same words, each person heard exactly what was meant for him. Reminding him of his own faults without becoming ashamed before his neighbor. By the way, there's a story like that, that someone came into the, I think it was Reb Mendel of Vorker, used to learn every Thursday night Midrash Rabbah on the Parsha. And one day, a chassid came inside to the room, he starts hearing Reb Mendel of Vorker teaching Midrash on the Parsha, and the chassid listens to one, word, to one line and he faints, out cold. Took him a while to revive him, to bring him back. And finally, they give a clap. Reb Mendel wakes up. They said to him, what happened to you? He's like, he looks around and he's like, is anyone else here? It's just him and the Vorker. He says, no, no, everyone left. So he said to the Vorker, did anyone else hear what you were saying? He says, well, I, I, you know, I was giving shir. Everyone, you know, heard. He's like, yeah, but you were speaking exactly to me and saying all the things that are so ugly about my neshama that I have to work on. So I fainted out of such shame that everyone else also heard that how low I was. So, so he, the Rebbe, one of the versions is the Rebbe said to him, he's like, a Rebbe knows how to say things that no one else can hear but the person that, that needs to hear what he's saying. And that's true in many different instances. It's the story how our good friend Ben Sion Solomon and began this whole tribe of Solomons and Moshav bands, Diaspora Yeshiva bands, uh, all the names of these you know, music, and this whole tribe. How did it happen? Is that he walked into the house of love and prayer, this guy named Bert Solomon, 1969, in Shiva because he heard it was, his car broke down, it's a long story, he asked, he came to the kitchen, and the house of love and prayer said, do you have any food or some water? So they said to him, um, well, we don't have any, physical food here, but there's some spiritual food in the backyard. 
So he goes out to the backyard, and he sees a rabbi there with a very big book. And he sits there, and he listens to him, and he didn't know why anyone else was in the room, was in the backyard, he said. Like, he didn't understand why anyone else was there, because it was clear to him that it was only for him, the words that were out of that book. What was that book? It was Likutei Ma'aran. It was the 60th teaching in Likutei Ma'aran. Rinsian is one of the elders in Breslov today, and generations and generations of students that are singing and learning Rabbi Nachman. Where does it come from? The power of the tzaddik's words to speak exactly what you need to hear. And you think it's meant just for you. That's the divinity of, of, of what it is. By the way, just on a side note, I... Always, I heard that story when I was a kid, and I loved that story so much. And I was in Rib Shlomo's house once in Manhattan, and I was going through this farm, and I see a very big Likute Maran. I was like, no way. I pulled it out, and I opened up. It said, property of house, love, and prayer. I'm like, no way. And Ben Sion was visiting Muncie that night, and uh, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go show it to him. So I brought the volume of Likute Maran, and... I showed it to him, and he had tears in his eyes. It, it was the Likuti Maharan that 30 years prior Rib Shlomo was teaching out of in the backyard in San Francisco, and we opened up and learned that teaching together. Torah Samech, the 60th Torah, Pasach Rabbi Shimon. So Tareb Nachman speaks about Ashirut, that certain tzaddikim were very, very wealthy. Anyone hear this Torah before? No. What a Torah there about Ashirut. Moshe Rabbeinu was very wealthy. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi was very, very wealthy. There are certain paths of reaching Hashem, you can only attain through a man, uh, crazy wealth. The point of, we're digressing, but the point is that look, look, what, look what happens when one person feels that it's, it's being spoken, something that's being spoken just to him. That's what the shofar is. That's what the blasting of the shofar is. If you can, you know, there's no Indian to tell, like it's funny, you don't tell somebody else uh, after shofar blowing, oh, you know what I felt during the shofar blowing? Oh, you want to tell me what you felt? It's like the most personal, private, intimate meeting between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the dreams he has for you. It's things that you, then, you can't explain because our Neshama's sensitivity to it doesn't even make sense. You can't explain any of this. The shofar, last line, the shofar calls out to each person in a language understood only by himself. So it feels like the shofar, Gado, that, and this is all a build-up towards a piece we're going to do in Rav Kook, the stuff that we're learning with Rav Gavriel, the Sod Yesharim, and this piece, and another piece we're going to see tomorrow, the Shofar Gadol, how do you know if you feel the footsteps of Mashiach, is if you feel closer to other people that are around you while you're hearing your own personal mission in the world as well. It's both together. Mission as well. It's the Klal and the Prat going together. It's the individual being touched and truly hearing something, and at the same time feeling like you're part of a tzibur, and you trust that he's getting it, he's hearing what he's supposed to hear, he's hearing what he's supposed to hear, and we all know that in order to do what we need to do personally, we need to be closer to each other as well. And that's how the tzibur is really formed. That's, the, that's like the most beautiful description of a kehila, of a, a kahal, lihi kahel, to gather together and come together like this. I love this teaching, but I have a question for you that I struggle with. Personally, how, how, when you feel such a connection, and I agree, it's personal, how do you decide then which, what you're hearing that you share with other people and what you just keep, keep for yourself and recognize it's just, just for you? How are you I to? have no idea. 
I don't think that there's an answer to your question. It's not, it's a das, it's, it's asham yodea, he's right. It's not a thing that even like, once we go there, we're dissecting something that need, doesn't need to be dissected at all. It's more like, being together doesn't mean I share with you my intimate secrets with Hashem. It's just being there for each other. Like, it's very important. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. It's very important to have secrets with Hashem. As much as we're into sharing and everything, I hope that there are things you don't share. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, exactly. Only you know. Only you know. You, that? you, know. That's, you have to dive in over this stuff. You have to really be in tune. You have to really, really you have to be much more in tune. But like that's what Reb Shlomo says, Yevarecha Hashem ve'yishmerecha means that you know how to also guard things to just be intimate between you and the Rebona Shleimim. The bracha that comes to the Shemfer is a very big moment of Yevarecha Hashem ve'yishmerecha and then you guard that. Just for the reason of, of, of for anyone, like, you know, look at all the different relationships we have in this room. There's stuff that people know about, hear about each other. Not that dirty secrets, just stuff, right? That if everyone knew about it, it wouldn't be, there'd be something, you know, I don't know, lacking, I don't know what, what the right word is, but it builds us. It, 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 that, that intimacy builds us together. So I think the way to get closer to understanding how this works it really doesn't work. It's something that's a das. It's more a tefillah. It's working on yourself more and more. Like Jack said, you just know. You just know. There are moments when Hashem reveals Himself to you, and the moment you then go and share it like a gospel, it, you killed it. You killed it. So, Alavai, we should be privileged. That's why I said no pressure, yes, but through the Baal Balit Kia this year, that we hear that which is meant. Mamash. Amash, just for us, just for our own neshamas, it should be a te'ima of the of the shofar gadol of the that that bezer Hashem Hashem will blow. Yemaisa Mashiach, that day should be byom ahu, should be now. Bezer Hashem. Tomorrow we're going to continue. Our lichter is going to be, and we're going to go more in the hashkata bezrat Hashem. Hopefully, and a piece naranchal. One important notice for this week. Um, also, we'll, we'll continue with Tanya tomorrow morning. <laughs>